T-minus three, two, one, zero. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Launch Sequence Podcast, episode 56 this week, and we've got some good topics for you today. Now, of course, it's me and Astropub. We're going to talk some Star Citizen, but there is a new player on the block. A lot of people have heard about it now. We've talked about it in a previous episode, Starfield, and that's going to be the main topic today. We're going to talk about who Starfield is for, who Star Citizen is for, how they relate to each other. Will they kill each other? Astropub, how are you doing today? Doing good. Thank you for having me on. It's always oh. good to talk Starfield. Uh, I'm glad you, we can come back and talk on because uh, it turns out, you know, reading the comments from last time, a lot of people are like, wait, Starfield exists? What is this game? When yeah. we were talking about it earlier, a lot of people didn't know. Now everyone knows. And I feel mm-hmm. like we were, the, we were the prophets in the wilderness <laughs> being like, the early this birds. is coming, y'all. We told <laughs> this you. This is coming. <laughs> in reality, though, Game's been around for a while, right? And mm-hmm. not not released, oh, yeah. obviously, but like people have been. I they filed the trademark in like 2013, and I've I've definitely seen people discussing stuff since like 20 2017 2018. So it's been people have been waiting a long time for this game, and obviously it was revealed a few years ago in a teaser trailer, but it has come back in gameplay form and it's made a huge splash. Um, before we start diving into the deeper conversation. Of this, what was your initial reaction to that new gameplay reveal? It's everything I wanted and more. That's just it. It was just everything. I was just like, I, I can't believe they're actually doing this. This is this is crazy. I'm I'm down. I was yeah. it was it, it was more for me. It was like this is exactly what I was expecting, and then they added a little extra. And I'm like, that's not too far off from what I they could do. I didn't realize they're gonna do it that way, but I like it. So. Yeah, I yeah, I think I was exactly the same as you we were both kind of setting up the same expectations last time we talked about this i believe that was episode 51 maybe uh or 49 somewhere around there and agreed i mean i was expecting a space rpg Mm -hmm. of of some standard which is all i really want like and we'll get really deep into this and why this is such a different game from star citizen because the stuff that makes me excited for star citizen is not the stuff that makes me excited for starfield so just like you said when they revealed some of the stuff last week with the gameplay reveal it ended up i was like i i was not expecting that kind of stuff so let's dive right into it then who is starfield a game for did you like fallout did you like skyrim do you like SWOTOR or um, Dragon Age or Mass Effect? Then Starfield's for you. It's obvious, heavily inspired by a lot of those games. Um, classic RPG. Uh, they even they're even letting you take detriments to get you buffs. Like it's it's that kind of uh, corresponding uh, situation where you're getting more uh, more for for for, for role playing and. I wouldn't expect it. I mean, even they even said that like the main game storylines like 35 hours ish. Um, and obviously there's going to be side quests and a bunch of other stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's for people who want space RPGs who want open world exploration games and want it in a single player package. Yeah, this is that, this is that triple a 
packaged game. This isn't mm -hmm. an experimental sort of out of left field kind of moonshot kind of game that Star Citizen takes itself to be. This is likely going to be playing it pretty pretty safe, right? It's it's the first game in a new IP. It's a game from a very established studio that has a reputation that has a type of game that people know it for. They probably won't stray too far. So I've always looked at this as like a safe bet for uh, a way for people to dive into the genre and and see space games more because we don't get enough space games. You know, I would definitely say that yeah. if somebody likes the games that you mentioned, Fallout, even even things like Witcher, uh, Skyrim, just like really polished RPGs. <laughs> I say I say really polished. I know Bethesda games don't have that reputation. Bethesda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. But just that, like, high quality, a lot of money is put into it, a lot of voice acting and all that stuff, this really nails it for me. I've been waiting for something like this. I would yeah, say since, like, Star Wars 1313 was, like, the last, besides the Mass Effect Andromeda, which, you know, uh, uh, it well, wasn't great. That, that's, that's actually something to bring up there. This is the Mass Effect Andromeda we didn't get. Right. Because Mass Effect Andromeda originally, for those of you who don't know, was supposed to be a open world exploration game with a bunch of different planets which were all procedurally generated. They would have some small planets which were uh, designed specifically for the main storyline, but they were designed, you could put up outposts anywhere you wanted. And I think if I remember correctly, Mass Effect Andromeda did have a small outpost system, but you had to like set up outposts in specific locations. Yeah, it was very handholdy. Um, and there was only like five or six planets. And uh, when the, um, when when the crunch time happened, they had to reduce the scope and size of Mass Effect Andromeda, and so they dropped a lot of those exploration features. Quite literally, what Bethesda is doing with Starfield is exactly what what um uh what are they called uh not it's not e, it's EA but it's I'm trying to remember the company Bioware um Bioware Bioware yeah. wanted to do with with Mass Effect Andromeda. Right. It's yeah, the, it's almost exactly the same. I, I still so. remember that first trailer. Uh, to be quite honest, that's probably the first thing that really got me into the path of like hyping for Starfield. I didn't know what Starfield was going to be. And, a re and at the time I saw this trailer, my hype was for Mass Effect Andromeda. But as you said, this is that spiritual game that we're getting that we didn't get in Andromeda. And that first trailer feels like it was a trailer for Starfield. I don't know if you remember, mm -hmm. it's the one where the, he stands up in the front of his ship and he's like swiping the screen and looking at the different planets. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, this is perfect. I can't wait for this. And then the game came out and they were like, yeah, get into this menu and tell your people to make an outpost and <laughs> in this predefined yeah. place. Yeah, that was that was disappointing. I mean, it died for Anthem. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Of all things to die for. Anthem. wow another game that had potential <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. completely that destroyed it it was a it was basically the fallout 76 of bioware right mm -hmm. they they tried yeah. to jump into multiplayer and they could not do it this is this this feels like the uh like the redemption story for bethesda as well i'll say that uh, and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we talk about like yeah the history of bethesda and like setting expectations for for, for starfield but mm -hmm. this fe definitely feels like the mea culpa the, yeah. the like okay we yeah, we screwed up in 76 here have this better designed yeah uh, it, it feels like their their third main ip like mm -hmm. they got their they got their post-apocalyptic they got their fantasy now they're going to get like a high sci-fi space sort of thing and it it feels like something that they 
are coming to the fans and being like, look, remember what we can do, though. And please give us the chance because we want this to be a series. I think they, they want this to be a series for sure um, that drives mm -hmm. the Xbox and, and Game Pass because there's a lot riding on this with Microsoft buying Bethesda. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's it. Mass Effect is a great example because the one of the big things that made Xbox 360 so popular was Mass Effect. Mass Effect was one of those IPs that li lived on on only on Xbox for such a long time. Yeah, and the fact that when it got bought by bought out by EA, I think it eventually went multi platform. Mm -hmm. But that was, and before that, Bioware made a big splash by releasing. Star Wars: The Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic, and yep. that was also that was an Xbox game. So like, there's there is some lineage there of um, space RPGs made by Microsoft. They yeah. like that those sorts of things. Yeah, they, it, they want to use them as a catapult for their new systems. So. That's that's a really good point. I always think of the Mass Effect parallel because it feels so mm. similar to Starfield. It is a space RPG that is likely going to define that genre for the next generation and microsoft locked it down with the with the first for the first one so i'm always going to look at this first starfield the same way we look at that first mass effect they played with what they were good at they put out a solid project with an interesting intriguing universe and story but they didn't go too crazy trying to do things differently and then the second game That's came out Oh, and yeah. then the second game came out, and that was when they experimented. And I'm hoping that it goes kind of the same way with this one. But I agree. I, but think, I, I think it's very, 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 very apt parallel. Yeah, I, I hope that happens. And I didn't really think about the fact that Coder is something that also kind of lived under Microsoft. Um, same with, uh, what was it? Was it Freelancer or Wing Commander that was also bankrolled by Microsoft? Uh, Freelancer. Yeah. Freelancer was bankrolled by Microsoft around the same time too, uh, two thousand early two thousands between two thousand two thousand two I think. Yeah, and um, then Halo was the same time. So someone uh, uh, Bill Gates really likes sci-fi. That's yeah. all, all we got to say. <laughs> yeah, like sci-fi Microsoft. He wasn't trying yes. to make an operating system. He wanted space games at some point. Because it's also Outer Worlds, right? By Obsidian. Mm -hmm. Um that yeah they've got a lot of i didn't even really think about that so it's exciting to see that they're still really focusing on that and i'm pumped to see what happens with starfield and we've got a call to prayer in the background i hope i hope the audience doesn't mind we're in a new locale for today's show so we'll have a couple different sound bites in the back there um hi from turkey everyone by the way we just moved me and my wife and uh we're settling in over here for the next several months but anyways, that's Starfield. Now, a lot mm -hmm. of the people who are watching or listening to this podcast are regulars of both of our content. And uh, full disclosure, we both make Star Citizen content. We're, we're quite biased, in fact, towards Star Citizen um, just because we want to see it succeed, whether that means getting mad at it for doing dumb things or being happy for the good things. But we're also we also have quite a bit of experience and can tell you a bit more about like what Star Citizen has going for it and why somebody might like that over Starfield. So give me give me your two cents. What what kind of game or rather what kind of person is Star Citizen for when considering Starfield? Multiplayer. You want to play with your friends. You want to be able to go out and in a spaceship with your friends multi-crew experience, the, the experience of like Star Trek or or uh, Star Wars, the Millennium Falcon, running around a ship and trying to get those sorts of things. It's playing with people, other people, 
Um, there is a little bit of a solo aspect, but it's not RPG. Uh, you know, Starfield Starfield looks like it's going to be fun, but one of the major aspects of Starfield is in, is that it is a two separate games. You have the game on the ground and the game in space. Star Citizen is a game. You play in space, you play in atmosphere, you play in ground. There is no cutscenes. There is no different gameplay. That's all the same game. So you have that same experience throughout. Completely um, seamless uh, and all of the struggles and complications that creates. <laughs> all of them. Um, it's a lot. Yes, all of them. Uh, it's also much more sim-like. Uh, you're you're going to have to eat in Star Citizen. You're going to have to drink water, or you know, you're going to have. Uh, you already have to do that. You you will log out in your bed to be able to log out in in the game. You have to find a place to log out. You can't just like hit a save point and then re respawn. It's a little bit more, as the kids say, hardcore than Starfield. <laughs> Pog, uh, but it. Yes, I don't, I don't think poggers. that was the right. <laughs> that was not the right poggers application. My, <laughs> poggers, my dude. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's much more of a multiplayer and eventually massively multiplayer experience, where the the experience is more about exploration in the same in, in a more of a handcrafted sense uh, versus Starfield, and it's like I said, multiplayer. Uh, simulation, I'm trying to think what else, what else is there. Um, there's a lot more in depth yes. content. Yeah, uh, definitely. Everything is going to have more of a, of a thing. For instance, I wouldn't be surprised if you could join all three factions in Starfield and have no consequences. I'd like there not to be. We have to, we'll talk about that eventually, but that's a typical Bethesda thing. You know, you can join the Thieves Guild and the Assassin's Guild and the Warriors Guild and, you know, uh, Whereas in Star Citizen, you wouldn't be able to do that. It's, right. it's much more based around this kind of your actions matter, telling your story in a, in a multiplayer universe. So, Yeah. So the biggest difference, obviously, is that it's a multiplayer game versus a single player game. And everybody who's watching this podcast, just know we're not trying to draw a line of direct a relation between the two games. They are different games. They're They're meant for different types of people, but... There's a ton of overlap because they're both space games and people like space. Space people like space. I like I I'm not Star Citizen Tomato, you know? If there's yeah. a new game in space, I'm gonna be into it. I think a lot of people who are playing Star Citizen are as well. And that 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 dedicated story and character development of Starfield is kinda unmatched. Um, or at least Bethesda in the past has been unmatched. We don't know much about Starfield. But Star Citizen mm -hmm. is, yeah, it's a it's a very in-depth game. Like um in starfield you might run out of fuel on your ship and that might prompt you to press a button and respawn or something or press a button and have a little interaction pop up that gets you some more fuel at the cost of some money in star citizen you got to call someone wait for them to come to you dock with their ship get them to start their their fueling the negotiate fueling a price yeah check out the pressure they have to manage the pressure while everything's going yeah you have to worry about being attacked while this is going on all that yeah. sort of stuff so you're really you're talking about two games that are focusing on two different things one is focusing a lot on like like astropub said that sim feel in-depth multiplayer definitely like a lot of you want to do it with friends whereas starfield is more about a a polished <laughs> there's quotes um a, a polished experience in space and and like you said it's kind of two games in one you know you got your your game on the ground 
and your game in space that really just tells me straight up that they are so focused on this rpg element they don't they don't want to deal with uh transitions or in-depth ship interiors or a lot of stuff that's going to distract you from the core of a bethesda game and i like that i think that's really really good they know what they're good at and they're trying to stick to it that's i i, I appreciate that yeah i mean that's that's the the important the differentiation is like i made a point of posting about that that there is no transitions between space and ground for starfield and for a lot of star citizen fans uh that was their their break that was like this is what i want um, and, I, and that doesn't feel like I really want to get in, get into that. But for me, that was like that is a good point where Bethesda's saying we don't care. This isn't a space sim. This isn't a, a, a life simulator. We're play. We're doing an RPG. Yeah. And that just wastes your time and our our, and our energy to have to like put a lot of effort into having you seamlessly go up into space and be able to fly in atmosphere when we can just focus on telling the stories we want to tell and making a game that we think people will enjoy. And that's, yeah. I think that's the real, the, the, the other thing to say. It's like Starfield is much more casual. It's going to be for your casual fan. And Star Citizen, as I joked about hardcore, it's, it's much more for your sim fan. Absolutely. Even though they'll never, there'll never be enough sim for sim <laughs> fans. Yeah. But it's still going to be that, that difference. It's the difference between Skyrim and Skyrim, um, the hardcore survival mod for Skyrim. Yes. Know, where, like, like weight matters and everything else like that. Skyrim so. VR with your hands tied behind your back. Very yeah. difficult. It's And the casual bit is a really good point. Sky, uh, Starfield is the kind of game that I'm probably going to finish work and be like, man, I, I just want to jump into space and like do a mission in an hour. You know, mm -hmm. just a casual sit back kind of thing. I will always choose Starfield for that. Star Citizen is more of a sit down on the weekend and like get together with some friends and spend a few hours in game. You've got different different times to play different games and I think a lot of people will probably jump in between them. So yeah, I think so. You touched a little bit on this before and we actually talked about this in the last episode we did with Starfield. But for everybody who's just now getting caught up, let's talk a bit about the reputation of Bethesda and how it precedes them, especially when it comes to what people are expecting from this new game. Cause I'm sure you have not had a shortage of, well, I, I don't, I don't trust them with this game. You seen the train wrecks that they put out. And I'm like, well, yeah. Like clockwork. The, the, <laughs> the one, <laughs> the one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bethesda does have a, they have a reputation, which is, they release a game that's buggy and dang near unplayable, and then they let the players fix it later. Right. And that is a bad reputation to have. <laughs> yeah. I hope I hope that they've learned from this uh, mistake and are going to say, okay, we're going to make sure it's as polished of an experience as possible. Um, it seems like that at least, especially since they delayed the release. Does that mean it's going to be perfect? No, no game is perfect, oh, especially God, no. a game the, the size of Starfield. But um, there is some legitimate concerns because, you know, Todd Howard has gone up on stage and just lied to people's ah, faces. Ah, Todd. Todd, uh, Todd, Todd. And he doesn't necessarily lie like, 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 like Fallout 76 is going to be a single player game, y'all. He, <laughs> he, he goes up on stage and says, implies things that are mean single player or means this or means that. And it actually isn't that. And people go, wow, I hyped up for nothing. 
Yeah. Or, you know, sort of things like, like, oh yeah, there's, there's, you know, and there are some design decisions that, that's, that Bethesda has made in the past, which says you go, wow, this is dumb. This is bad. Like Fallout 76, not having any NPCs to interact with. Well, the players of the NPCs. Oh, this is going to be a PVP situation. Uh, most of it is Fallout 76, but, you know, Fallout yeah. 4 and, and uh, you know, still smaller map than even, I think the smaller map than Skyrim might be a little bit bigger, but most of the usable parts of the Fallout 4 map of Boston are very small in comparison to previous games, much more emphasis on action game rather than role-playing game in the past. Uh, but, like, generally speaking, the way that Bethesda talks, they tell you up front what you're going to expect, and they usually don't lie about that. Right. You usually are, are are able to tell exactly what they want from the from the gameplay announcement, and from what they've said from the gameplay announcement, from from Starfield, I would expect what they say because even though people say, "Oh, Paul or uh, 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 Todd," uh, Todd, thank you, Todd Howard lies. He lies to your face. It's like because people experience with the hype engine before '76, and then they made the announcement of '76. And then they made, they they meant they said it's multiplayer. Yeah. At the announcement, and that's when people got angry. Yeah. That's, that's the reason why people forget oh, yeah. that was the reason why. And and I think so. Bethesda obviously has this this reputation, which it's just got it must suck. I just mm -hmm. hate. I would hate to as soon as somebody mentions my company's name, it's just like oh yeah that buggy crap. But they've they've mm -hmm. got this reputation and. I'm wondering, do you think it's been a little overblown because of Fallout 76? Oh yeah, definitely. 76 has ruined that uh that 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 full thing. Now, to be fair, there's always been a an undertone, an underhum of discontentment. Yes. Where people were like, Absolutely. Oh yeah, Fallout 3 is worse than New Vegas, and Fallout 4 is worse than New Vegas, and New yeah. Vegas is better. Obsidian games were um, better, yeah. Yeah, Obsidian games were better, and the original Fallouts were better. And mostly comparisons of fallouts because they were working in somebody else's IP. Right. And every so often people, someone will say like, oh yeah, Skyrim's worse than Morrowind because, you know, it's, uh, it's smaller. It's, uh, the map is smaller. The, the stories are, are worse or the, like the, the, the overall like main story sucks. Uh, the characters don't make any sense, those sorts of things. But yeah. there's always been that under hum of discontentment. But when 76 came out, a lot of people use that as a cudgel to be like, Bethesda sucks now. Yeah. So it it feels like it leaked, it, it went from being a thing in the Bethesda community of people who play those games to a an industry-wide joke that people could make even if they've never paid attention to Bethesda games before. And mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot of legitimate criticism and conversation to be had about the problems in Bethesda games, but golly gee, it is just mm -hmm. frustrating that every time you want to open your mouth to talk about a Bethesda game, you now have to put in the caveat of, oh yeah, no, I know they have bugs and I know they have problems and I know modders will fix it and all this and Todd and Todd lies and it's the worst and they've ruined your house and blah, blah, blah. But like, let's talk about the game. It's almost like talking about it Star sounds, Citizen. I was going to say, it sounds familiar, doesn't yeah. it, <laughs> It's like, can we just get to the actual point? It's, it's very annoying, but... Yeah. I've also enjoyed that they've talked about, they've acknowledged that their recent games, 76 especially, but also Fallout 4, were kind of a departure from the things they used to do in the story building, the RPG aspects, the voiced protagonist, all that kind of stuff. And they've acknowledged that, hey, we want to go back to the things like Morrowind or Daggerfall or Oblivion. And 
do the things that we know that we're good at. And it seems like from what they've shown us in the gameplay, this could all be, you know, they're just, oh, this is what we want. Maybe not what we're doing, which is kind of what happened with Cyberpunk. But it seems mm-hmm. from the gameplay demos that that's the direction they're heading. Again, though, that same thing happened with Cyberpunk. So we, I won't give yeah. them a free pass yet, but I like the direction it's going. It's important to keep in, keep up to date, which is why you should be watching the Lost Sequence podcast. <laughs> Hit that subscribe button right now yeah. for more content. Smash because, it. Uh, you know, smash it. Because uh, Keenan and I will probably be talking about this regularly, you know, between our channels. Uh, just keep up to date on it. But yeah, I agree. It, it feels very... I think the problem is, is that industry-wide, being a cynical jerk has become the the the, the status quo. Partially because games like No Man's Sky and uh, start in uh, uh, Cyberpunk and Fallout seventy six, they're all like, um, like oh yeah, this game, and even to a degree, even Star Citizen, where like they'll say something and then something will go wrong, or every, like it, the whole redemption arc has become too common. Of a of a concept in, yeah. in in gaming rather than just releasing a good game. Yeah. Uh which is why I'm sure people really like games like uh the the Dark Souls games and uh the most recent one, Elden Ring. People loved it because it wasn't just a buggy mess to came out and it worked. So they could play it. Yeah. yeah. It just um, works. It just works. <laughs> yeah. That's, but so so as a result, you know, I get I get it a little bit. There is some legitimate hesitancy for seven, for Starfield because of seventy six and other games right. like that. Right. Um, but at the same time, I'm more willing to be forgiving on this fact because they usually don't just lie to your face in a gameplay reveal. Some things might get cut here and there, but they also have never delayed a game when they announce it. They have not ever. Bethesda's never delayed a game after they made a date announcement in the last, well, it may have been way back in the day, but since Skyrim or Fallout or since Oblivion, they've never made that. Wow. They never delayed it. Yeah, that's actually, like, that's that's pretty big. Yeah, so the fact that they delayed it is big. It means that they're actually, you know, going through to try to fix major issues or to add content that they don't have, so. They definitely had to fix something. Thanks, yeah. Obama. But anyways, it's it's certainly um, the there's been a, a a clear problem, I would say, over the last I don't know if it's 10 years, definitely in the last five years, probably in the last 10 years of game studios just biting off more than they can chew. And I think part of that is like, we expect games to be bigger, right? Like we expect this exponential curves of games improving and we hit kind of this interesting plateau around 2010 where they figured out what they needed to do to get to make good games and then all the companies were like okay we'll just keep doing this in different ways and they don't want to switch from that we want them to make bigger games we also don't want them to take too long and if they do take too long we'll call it a scam and it's just kind of the whole industry's gotten to this point where more is being asked for than can be made and these companies will come out like you said on stage and they'll kind of hint at things and imply things because they know that's what we want but they don't know if they can even supply it and and that's yep. that's gotten just so frustrating and i don't know where it needs to i mean obviously it needs to change with the game companies but yep. i don't know if it also needs to change with the discourse in this industry of calling out games for taking too long because it gets a bit unhealthy at times yeah, it's the problem is is that P- 
people like talk about taking too long. Like no one shits on Starfield for saying that 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 it's a game twenty five years in the making. <laughs> I don't know. I saw a couple people taking that way too literally. Um, but the the reality is is um, I think that that there's a lot of discussion on in gaming that is we want more from our games but we're not willing to wait the time or the effort or pay the money because we pay the money. So like there are games which um, because game companies know that a game that's ambitious may not make their money back. It's much safer to make a Elden Ring or a uh, Breath of the Wild or a Call of Duty clone. Or, you know, th that sort of thing. It's much safer and easier to make those because they make themselves, they, ma they make their money back quickly plus extra money. Uh, and if they fail, you don't spend a lot of money because it's, it's tried and true technologies. It's tried, like you're using, you know, Unreal, so you don't have to pay a ton of money for those sorts of things. And as a result, you're ending up with, with worse quality games that, or, or like very average games that don't take risks because risks cost money. It's not a situation just with gaming. It's a situation with movies and television shows, and which is the reason why a lot of people are looking to independent games because they don't have that, we need to make you know $4 billion on this game title or it's terrible. Um, and a lot of that has to do, I think, partially with the consumer because we, we take a dump on games that take a long time. Like Cyberpunk took what, eight, 10, eight, nine years to release and it was still, bad like you could have easily used year or two more development to be to fully uh, fully flesh out its gameplay and it probably would have been a much better game yeah that was the case no man's sky obviously needed three four more years than it was it was given uh but because long games equals bad any game that's in development for a long time oh it's duke nukem forever it's the, that kind of the kind of thing because it it hits on that that dopamine hit that the you know that meme with monkey neuron activation uh you know a long game bad um like that that sort of sort of thing it 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 can hurt games uh and games of development especially ambitious games yeah so i think it the the discourse really needs us to move away from games good or bad and more of what do we want from our games do we want the same thing or do we want something new yeah and as as just as a gaming community in general do we want something that's ambitious that may not be as good? Or do we want a uh, cookie cutter, another uh, battle royale game? Right. And there's definitely space for both. Like both have yeah. a reason. I definitely still want to be able to play some throwaway Assassin's Creed title just for, you know, the fun, the good graphics, the interesting mm -hmm. historical aspects and all that stuff. But Far, it's... Far Cry 79, you know. <laughs> Far Cry is like, those are the two games that made it. Those are the two games that made this new format of games. Far Cry and Assassin's Creed. It was the Ubisoft format with the whole mm -hmm. find an area, do a search, get all the points of interest, go do those points of interest, get some, like, over and over and over again. That, ah, uh, that's annoying. Um, but we need both. We need those experimental yeah. games, and we need those, like, kind of not wasted time, but easy to get through games. And... Obviously, it's not like all of the issue is with us. I think the companies themselves also need to 
be better about their development, their scheduling, what they tell us and how they tell us, especially companies like CIG. But oh yeah, that goes back to what you said. We need to stop saying game game development good or bad and start to actually consider is this game development healthy? Is what's mm -hmm. is, is what they're doing good? Is this delay a good thing for the game? Halo Infinite was in development for I think four or five years, but for like three mm -hmm. years prior to that, and and in during the development of the game, they were building the engine, the Slipspace engine. They they built their own game uh, engine for this game, and it took a total of like seven, eight years maybe to make it, and then they launched too early, and it it's yeah. it's just it's disappointing, and it's like the first delay was a good thing. Everybody was saying, "Hey, you can't delay this game again," but. In all honesty, we should have been in a position where we could have said, you know what, maybe it is best that they delay this game. Like the consumers need to make that opinion known. This isn't going to hold up. If you release this, we're going to drop it in six months. But it's we're still not at that point. We can't have those conversations in this industry yet. It's annoying. Yeah, I, I, will, I was going to say the, um, the other conversation that needs to be had, which isn't being had, is, is just another discussion about Bethesda because Bethesda famously burned out and did absolutely horrendous crunch with 76. Right. Yeah. They absolutely crunched their, their thing. And, and if, if someone's like, I'm not going to play a Bethesda game because they crunched their employees. I'm like, that's on a moral standpoint. I understand that as yeah. 100% understandable. But we also got to re recognize that if we want things like good games, we need to have healthy developers and to have healthy developers. We need to have minimal to no crunch and to have middle to no crunches means going to have longer t uh, development times because these things take longer. And that so, means money. Yeah. So like there's definitely developer issues on multiple le levels, but there's also consumer feedback issues where consumers will feedback that, that information where games need to crunch because they need to get it out in three years. Otherwise it's a waste of money and then no one will buy it, you know, because, Oh, it's an old graphics engine or whatever. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. and that all feeds back into the, the Starfield discussion as well, just because of all of these different things do impact the idea that Starfield is out of time. Like I've seen a lot of people say, oh, the graphics look horrible. And I don't, I think they're insane, but you know, uh, the, the conversation about having like the next generation game has to be 100% like photorealistic graphics or I don't want to buy it where it's like, yeah, but is it a, it's a game. It's not a movie. Do we, do we want to play it or not? You know, yeah. That, that conversation. I remember when I used to think that the graphics were the way I would judge new games. And, and then I started to follow the development of Star Citizen and I was like, wait, there are so many more things that like these studios could do with these games when they have the money for it. AI stuff, freaking economy stuff, um, just the detail in, in game features. Graphics are, are great. I love graphics. That's why, they, that's why I go to most games. But like you need to do more, more than that if you're going to develop a game for the future. And I, I think Starfield is doing more like we haven't seen a game like Starfield. We haven't seen a triple A space game with the scale that Starfield has because nobody's really been able to do it or believed that it could work yet. Um, and I don't need good graphics to try that out. Yeah, I mean, it's Todd Howard's baby. He's been wanting to make this since the since the late 90s. Mm -hmm. And it's obvious. And that's that's the thing. It's like I've, I've been saying that it feels like every other Bethesda game has been adding features that that's that was needed for starfield you know um because like base building fallout 4 before that you had the hearthstone or the hearth the hearth fire um update upgrade for skyrim yeah 
like, oh yeah, base building, base building, base building. And now you've got this brand new advanced base building system, which only makes sense for a game like Starfield because base building is a very important part of space games, yeah. you know? Um, so, uh, you know, gunplay getting better and better and better uh, in the Fallout series. Why? Well, Starfield is a space game and you have gunplay in that. Um, you know, larger uh, procedural, larger emphasis on procedural generation. Why do you need a lot of procedural generation? There's a thousand planets you need to procedurally generate. So Ooh, that's something to talk about in a little bit. Thousand planets. But first, um, here's a fun topic. So, okay. What I've always said is that if somebody can do Star Citizen better than CIG, I'm not going to stick around with Star Citizen. People are always like, oh, this game, this game sucks. People shouldn't be playing this. I'm like, if somebody else can do it better, I will jump ship. Now, Starfield can't do what Star Citizen's trying to do because they're not aiming for it. But this question's gone around a bunch, and, you know, I... I'm, I'm not going to say I agree with it or it. not. Yeah. Uh, do you think that Starfield is going to be bad for Star Citizen? I'm going to take the, the avant-garde to answer and say, it's actually going to be good for Star Citizen. Um, nothing can kill a game other than a game, the game itself. Um, Halo didn't die because Call of Duty was better. <sighs> Halo died because they, did, they, stopped, they stopped innovating because Halo. they stopped caring. And then you have, you know, why does Call of why why did Fortnite beat Call of Duty? Because Fortnite had a new unique ideas, not because Call of Duty wasn't doing enough battle royale. It's just the the genres you're in can change, or like the the top dog can change, but the the games themselves are the only ones that can kill themselves. Um, so I actually think it's going to be a good thing because anybody who plays Starfield and enjoys themselves but goes, well, what if I was playing with my friends? Then, it, like, what's the other game that can do that? Star yeah. Citizens, the only yeah. other game that can do that, with like massive scale planets and 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 gunplay and spaceship combat. It's like, oh, okay, uh, you know, all of the stuff you're going to see in Starfield is going to be kind of like a miniature version of what you can do in Star Citizen, with you know even more. And because Star Citizen has that little bit of a, uh, it's sim but not too sim. It has it has more of a, hopefully, when they fix the new player experience. <laughs> it's a little bit better uh, for uh, for newer player for people to come in and, and kind of get a handle of, of that sort of experience. So because I can only speak from my experience, but my experience is that people will play Bethesda games forever. But those people are Bethesda fans. Right. And even then, my wife, hardcore Bethesda player, she used to she used to mod Morrowind when she was a kid. Like that's that that's how hardcore she is with with that. She knows the lore backwards and getting into for, it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, like this is her game. <laughs> she's she's really excited for Starfield. And uh, but my my wife will play Starfield for probably like four weeks straight hardcore. And then after that, she'll play go back to playing Stardew Valley or, um, you know, Binding of Isaac or something like that, like mm -hmm. another game, mm -hmm. because we only we, we only want so much of one thing at any time. Sometimes we want a little bit of a palate cleanser. So Star Citizen could easily be that palate cleanser for people who are playing um, Starfield and are like, hey, I've played 700 hours of Starfield. What else is out there? And then Starfield, Star Citizen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in agreement with you. It's, I thought that, so Starfield, this is another parallel to Cyberpunk that I like to draw. I thought that Cyberpunk 
was a great beacon for the genre of the same namesake of uh, cyberpunk games in general. Uh, mm -hmm. There weren't really that many big cyberpunk games before that that game came out. I had played a few. Um, Observer was one. Deus Ex was a huge series that I love, and I really, really hope they come back now that uh, a new studio has bought up the or a new publisher has bought up the studio. But I thought that Cyberpunk was going to be a great opportunity for people to get into this AAA game, try out this genre, see different things, you know, hacking, bio mods, the RPG aspects, the big cities, the lights, all that stuff, and be like, wow, there must be other games of this genre that go deeper into this stuff. Didn't happen as much as it could have, but it, it, it did kind of help. We saw some Cyberpunk interest flourish from that. Starfield, though feels like another chance at that for space games because we haven't really had big space games like that in a while and like i could name you know uh hard space shipbreaker um imperion x4 that the outlaw game i can't remember what it's called um uh um uh rebel rebel outlaw galaxy rebel galaxy yeah rebel galaxy outlaw yeah um ftl uh astroneer there there are a ton of niche space games space engineers obviously is another one that have aspects that will probably be in starfield and you, you know you try it out just like you said you try out you dock with a ship in starfield and you're like this is cool but what if i could like dock with a ship that didn't want me to dock right what if i can like jump from one ship into the other and take it over i need to find a game like that just like you said star citizen pops up and that's going to happen again and again and again because it's not just like the starfield releases and people suddenly are like oh space games exist like that game's going to be mm -hmm. bought and played for years on end and every time somebody does as soon as they're at that moment like you said where they need a palate cleanser they want to try something more boom there you go you got a whole genre of healthy games ready and like space in general is just super exciting again we're going into space more we're doing cool things just sent like a telescope up there we've got tv shows and movies coming out i i honestly can't see how starfield could be bad for star citizen if it if it does well it'll encourage other developers to go into it we know ubisoft has been toying with the idea of doing a space game for years they've been uh, uh kind of poking at it beyond good and evil too is is, is a good example of that but <laughs> yeah <sighs> that's another one of those uh, games yeah i'm willing to wait if, if it's good and, and that kind of stuff but um it's it's like there's beyond that like like uh maybe maybe going assassin's creed in space or or doing a pirate game in space you know those sorts of things doing more space games from other developers ea has been sitting on wing commander as, a, as an ip for years wow and done nothing with it um and you know with the success of things like Star Wars Squadrons, I thought maybe we'll see a little bit of this. So maybe Freelancer will return. Who knows? Microsoft might might dust off that that IP and pull that about out of out of out of out of storage. Uh, there are tons and tons of space opportunities and new developers to create space in the AAA space as well. Yeah. And so if Starfield does well, I I it'll it'll not just be good for Star Citizen. It'll be good for all space games. Yeah, it it really will. And there are not only are there a ton of triple a studios that can do it as we're seeing with games like star citizen or even the smaller ones like i said uh astroneer or no man's sky for for all i mean like no man's sky came from a team of what like 12 people the tools that are now available to people were not available 20 years ago that's why we didn't see those types of games but now 
Starfield is a success. You see other studios start jumping into this. This could seriously be the beginning of a huge resurgence for the genre. I mean, people would probably say it started a, a little while ago with things like No Man's Sky and Elite Dangerous. But now we could see it kick into high gear. And I'm so mm -hmm. excited for that. Yeah, those games were not AAA, though. Those games were like AA at best or, or indie. Right. Yeah. Describe them. Yeah. Like, Starfield is the first other than. Call of Duty Modern or Infinite Warfare and, um, you know, well, I guess a little bit of Cyberpunk uh, and like Mass Effect Andromeda. We really haven't really seen attempts at it. We've seen stabs at them, but the stabs have been utter failures. Right. <laughs> Which is yeah. weird because like Infinite Warfare was a fun game. I enjoyed it, but no one played it because it wasn't boots on the ground realistic uh, because people were yeah, it had COD fatigue at that point. So I need to watch um, a playthrough of that game. I heard it's actually a pretty good story. It's good. It's yeah. a good story. And it's it's they even reference like Wing Commander is a huge influence for them for like because there's a space fighter sec segments that you go on to. It's very it feels like Wing Commander modern, um, which is which is funny because that's what Squadron is. <laughs> so that's, yeah, um, that's we'll see. We'll see that interesting comparison in in when Squadron comes out with like, oh, this is like Infinite Warfare, but you know, good. Well, that's that's <laughs> but, an but, interesting uh, comparison. Allowed to, to do to do well, so right. <laughs> that is a very interesting comparison, one I haven't heard before. And a little plug, honestly, if if you're looking for Wing Commander stuff, uh, certified by Astropub, this might be something to yeah. check out. Go check. It's it's for FPS and and space. There's not enough space stuff, but there's there's, there's definitely a lot of space stuff in it, and it's um it's cheap. I think you can get them for pretty 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 cheap on Steam now. Um, it's available for every console. So if you if you like Wing Commander stuff, check out Infinite Warfare. Which is just weird. It's <laughs> so weird. Yeah. You like Call of Duty, <laughs> go, go, or you like Wing Commander, go check out some Call of Duty. Makes sense. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Okay. So the next question I've got for you, and this is a fun one because it kind of goes back to what I said earlier about, about leaving Star Citizen if another game does it better. If you do end up enjoying Starfield, like let's say... Let's say you and your wife just fall head over heels for Starfield and, mm -hmm. and you fell in love. Would you make that your main game as opposed to Star Citizen or will Star Citizen always kind of have that spot because of everything it has going for it? Depends on a lot of things. I mean, I, I, I did not get into content creation because Star Citizen. I got into content creation long before Star Citizen. Okay. Star Citizen was just the game that I enjoy the most. So if i would i switch over to to starfield uh, completely maybe probably not though i mean star citizen is still the game i want to play it's still the game i want to play in five years ten years b before i die whatever <laughs> uh so uh yeah no I, i'll definitely do more content for starfield if people want me to watch it and want me to are watching and want me to do content for it mm -hmm. um for sure so but no i'm not it's it's not I don't, for me looking at it right now, I don't think that's going to happen. And even if it did, I'd still do Star Citizen content because I like it. So, por que no los dos? It's not like yeah. you can't play two games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yes, that is the way to go. Always. That's, I was almost going to name this podcast that. Por que los, los, God, I can't even say it. I was almost going to name the podcast that though, because like, it's just, you don't have to pick one or the other. I will say... Yeah. I wouldn't be able to, I don't think I'd be able to do a Bethesda game as my main game because quite honestly, it's at least not now. It, it's just a different, it's a different audience. Yeah. Different audience, a different yeah. ball game, you know, making content for an audience that large is kind of 
intimidating to be honest because youtube is not super friendly um and when you're making content a lot of times you know sometimes you miss something sometimes you get something wrong and when you're making content for star citizen that's one thing you know you get a few thousand views here you get something wrong most of the community knows who you are yada yada whatever making a bethesda video um is is a little bit different and i don't even i don't think i'd be able to do that every week that's just a lot a lot to keep up with it's moving very fast there's a, a ton of stuff going on i i really want to cover uh, starfield but making it the main game i just don't think will be enough content no i i think i think it'll be a nice departure from star citizen like a lot of games we've played in the past like i'm also interested in um warhammer 40k uh, dark tide is coming out in September, which is a co-op shooter set in the 40k universe. I love Warhammer 40,000. Will I play it? Yes. Will I do content for it? Probably. Will it be the content that will I'll do forever? No, it's that comes out in September 13th. It's like a week before or like a month before <laughs> CitizenCon. Of course, I'm not going to do it for forever. I'll do it for a couple of weeks and then back to Star Citizen because that's right. just when when like this exciting time for Star Citizens. Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't think, honestly, I don't think most people would, especially not at this point, be able to say if they would switch or not. But it's a fun hypothetical. I think there will definitely be people who drop the game, um, drop Star Citizen to play Starfield more. That might be something I do for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll definitely play it a little bit. I'll, I'm, I'll cover the Laura for it. I'll try to, I'll try to do my best to not um step on the toes of the other lore folks for bethesda but they may not be interested uh, so to cover like the different factions and the, and the individuals and all that sort of thing so yeah that'll be fun to see I, i'm excited to see those videos you put out i you you put one out that i haven't gotten to watch but was pretty intriguing i think it was the uh explaining the group constellation mm -hmm. yeah constellation group. yeah so that that sounds interesting because like we don't really know much about them but I, I'm excited for lore videos, especially with a new IP. I'm sure they're going to put a lot of effort into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very cool, and especially with the, the, the scope of the game. It's going to mm -hmm. have a lot of that kind of stuff, too. Right. So looking at the expected release of Starfield, and I think you actually mentioned that you could see it getting delayed into the fall or, or at least later into 2023. The current schedule release, though, I think they were saying quarter one of 2023 or one um yeah the first half of 2023 okay yeah first, first half so that's kind of the same window that i have for star citizens 4.0 update it could be coming later there's a good chance <laughs> it comes later this is cig but like that's a lot of stuff going on where do you think star citizen will be as a whole when that release happens and and what do you think the conversation will be between them um I think it, worst case scenario, they'll release within a week of each other. 4.0. Oh, God. Um, I wouldn't even know yeah. how to cover that. I wouldn't sleep. I wouldn't sleep. Um, but it's important to remember that Star Citizen is still going to be an alpha game, even 4.0 releases. Nope. I think Star Citizen will be a better performing game by 4.0. I mean, it'll be a better performing game by 3.18. But 4.0 will increase that performance. You'll, you'll see it shoot through the roof where people are going to be able to play the game on potato PCs for, uh, you know, at 120 FPS. You know? Oh, man, <laughs> I hope this is Lorstradamus speaking. Uh, I need maybe. that to happen. 
Maybe. Well, everything seems to be falling into place for Gen 12 to come out in 3.18 and then Vulcan to come out sometime in 4.0. And that and, and I've seen what Vulcan does to other games. It it does. It's magic. Magic. With what yeah. it can do. I've heard so, about the uh, uh, how it turned around Doom. Like Doom 2017 yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. It made it super easy to play. Um, and so I think you'll see you'll see that going on where Star Citizen will be more polished, but more buggy. So it'll be easier to play, but you'll experience more game breaking bugs. And I think Starfield, when it releases, is going to have major game breaking bugs <laughs> because they'll always slip through no matter what first release and they'll do some sort of hot fix within a week of it. And then it'll be it'll be able to be played better. Um, just it's Bethesda. It's a huge game. They're going to have bugs that will show up. You can only hope that it won't be breaking your game, but they, they'll be some like quest ending games, like like things where like a quest will just will not complete and you have to wait until an update or re recreate your entire game to try to play it again. I guarantee oh, that's going to happen. I... It, it, that's the real, the realism, realistic, the realism, whatever, the, the realist in me is, is like, it's a Bethesda game. Yeah. There are going to be some issues. It is known. So, Yes, it is. Um, so I think Star Citizen will be in a good, better, much better place than it is now. 317.2 is around the corner. 318 is still going to be coming out. And then when 4.0 comes out around that time, uh, will it'll be in a very good position for going forward. And I think Starfield will release a solid release with some major issues, which will affect probably console players more than, than PC players, because that seems to be the issue. And then what'll happen is in a week or two, it'll 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 pull out and, and do, do better. Um, and overall, I think Starfield will do, do what Bethesda games do. It'll shoot up for about two months. And then at about the second month, it'll just go for its, uh, for like in terms of playtime. Mm -hmm. And you'll have that small, hardcore Bethesda fan base, which will play the hell out of that game. And new people will come on and be like, this is amazing. I never knew before. But when that hit that creep, they, they start dropping off that crest. You'll see Star Citizen, which is it don't stop like that, that, that SpongeBob mean he don't miss like like I don't know how <laughs> they do not stop. Like even now, like Star Citizen, the Star Citizen subreddit was number two highest growing subreddit for gaming on Reddit. Yeah, that's weird. Period. That is strange. It's, not, it's, still, it's still number five after like after Starfield. Like you see all of these new people coming in to play the game. Like the, the popularity of star citizen is going nothing but up. And I don't know where, how, how that, I don't see that line stopping. I don't see that hype train slowing. See in the now next year. somebody in the YouTube comments told me that you're wrong. They said this game was dead. I, I don't, this I don't, I don't believe this with this crap you're shoveling to me game growing. What is that nonsense? It's just crashes <laughs> and bugs. It's all it is. Oh, cope and seethe. I mean, um, I mean, I jest, but like, it's a, it's a freaking frustrating game to play sometimes. And oh yeah, at the time that 4.0 comes out and Starfield comes out, I imagine space games will just be known as being broken for, <laughs> like for the, the two, the two that are getting all the attention are just like game breaking bugs left and right. What I really hope though is, and this is definitely a a. It's been a sentiment that's been creeping into the community and it's well-deserved of CIG, but a lot of people are just like, at this point, 
I am only going to care if it's actually in the game. I don't want to hear about what CIG plans anymore. I want to see what they're actually putting into the game. And I do hope that at the point that Starfield's coming out, Star Citizen has something a little bit better to to be like, hey, we've 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 we haven't been sitting on our hands because we know, right? You and me know, and the people who are probably listening to this podcast and are watching the YouTube videos, we all know that they're doing work in the background it might not be headline making it might seem like the game's sitting still but they've been doing work and i really do hope that they are at a point there where they can finally be like look we did something (laughs) they need that i think i think summers are always rough for star citizen though in general there's they're rough for gaming like you just you just have this drought because no one because everyone especially it's 2022 and we've been in in lockdown for two years, and finally some of those lockdowns are being kind of kind of fully released, and we're seeing the like people events starting to happen again. People are going to step out of their their house and touch some grass because it's the summer. So as a Ew. result, game always they always drop outside drop dramatically. You know, IRL is a weird game. I know, gross. Um, <laughs> so you're going to see that eventually, yeah. but. Um, which is why I was surprised to see Star Citizen just absolutely slamming up the charts for for like in the beginning of the summer. Like, what's going on? That's very surprising. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I I I agree with that. Is that we're we're generally going to see more of a put up or shut up. You know, that's yeah, great. You're, you're saying this is going to come out in the future. You're talking about you know the new kiosks. I don't care about it until I see it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of that kind of mentality. I understand that. And that's not. Because this is a this is also another thing that gets thrown around. Like I don't think that Starfield's gonna make CIG nervous. Uh, people are saying like, oh yeah, Starfield's gonna put a fire under CIG. I mean, CIG's How? gonna pay attention <laughs> to the game. It's a space yeah. game. It's a big space game, and it's gonna uh, the the feedback that Starfield gets is probably gonna be pretty actionable by CIG at least to consider what they're what they're doing but i i don't think that this is going to be like starfield comes out and suddenly cig realizes they have to start doing more work or something it's all natural it's all on schedule i think they've always planned for server meshing to come out and then hopefully have a an increase of stuff if that does happen i i god i dread the people who are like this is cuz of starfield this is why they're they're doing more work now they they changed everything in the last 3 months well you and i both know that that's not true, but that doesn't mean that the average person doesn't understand that. Right. Because you and I do these th- do this this ancient concept for gamers, which is read, and we read things like the monthly reports. And I don't, see I don't do that. I don't know happen. what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what reading is, man. I just watch videos. I just watch videos. I just watch videos. I get my opinions from YouTubers. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Uh, no, but yeah, so like, yeah, I get that. It's just one of those things that we that we know is coming down the pipeline. I think most people know it's coming down the pipeline, but, uh, and you know what? I don't care if someone's like, this is happening because of Starfield. It's like, do you enjoy it? Who gives a shit? <laughs> like it's That's fair. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That is fair. So by the time it comes out, if it comes out at the planned time, which would be next spring or so, uh, mm-hmm. we would have passed 10 years of development for star citizen, which mm-hmm. is, uh, a milestone. Absolutely. And a lot of people have, different things to say about that it's not 10 years it's actually 12 it's not 10 years it's five they started over i'm i'm gonna say 10 because that's when it was announced right so it was announced in 2012 uh cyberpunk was announced in 2012 and launched in 2020 or is it 2021 yeah 2020 2020 yeah um starfield wasn't announced but the trademark was registered in 2013 and i believe 
work started, according to Todd Howard in an interview back in 2019, he seemed to be saying around 2015 or so. So by the time it comes out, Starfield will also be eight years in development, like Cyber, like Cyberpunk was with Star Citizen being in 10. 10 years is considered a lot of time. Eight years is, is also a lot of time. But do you think that, do you, do you, well, how do you, what do you think of that comparison? Um, Starfield is definitely not, I would say, as ambitious a game as Star Citizen. Do you think if they took an extra year or two with it, it would start to get more criticism like that? Or, or no, yes. because they didn't announce it early enough. Cyberpunk del was delayed like twice when it was announced and people, people started giving it criticism. The, the thing is, is that gamers do a lot of criticism of, of games that are in development, but if they release and they're good, they don't care. Like you, you, you remember back like, oh, remember when that game was, was, and that was like delayed four times and then you released it and it was very good. People, most people are like, I don't remember that it was delayed. I just enjoyed playing it. Um, I, I think the reality is, is that gamers do not, and, and just people in general do not care about time. They care about content. Is it fun or not? There'll still be people who will meme and say, oh, Star Citizen's development for 10 years. You know, if 4.0 releases next spring, over over 10 years in development, um, it, people will say, oh, well, it's been over 10 years in development. It's like, yeah, but now they have 100 players per server. And there are, you know, seven servers or three three, three servers per, per system that they're doing. So, and they're just going to grow from there. Plus, they've got bounty hunting and, you know, if everything works out the way Chris Roberts yeah. says, and it's, <laughs> it's complicated. That's complicated. So what Bob um, says. Yeah, what Bob says. Um, what, what, uh, what, what, what Christopher, uh, Christopher Robbins says. Uh, if that all works out, people won't care. Because more people, another system, more content, who cares? Is, is the answer. I think Star Citizen is reaching the point where, and like Squadron 42, for instance, is reaching the point where people, they're in a, a stage where they need to show progress, significant progress. And I think 318 is gonna show that significant progress. And then 4.0 will additionally throw, show that significant progress. And that's really the key. We've seen, I mean, you and I, and I'm sure most people who've watched this video have seen games which released to a lot of hype, and then the developers just go whoop, and then just gets abandoned. And then maybe, you know, four years later, they'll, they'll pick it back up and try to develop it. I remember so many, like the, I think it was called the Stomping Lands, which is a survival game, uh, like set with dinosaurs, and it was just abandoned, like right off the bat. Never even heard of it. All their money and they left. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of games that do that, where like they'll come in, they'll make a huge splash, and then the developer realized they bit off way more than they could chew, and they have like, oh, I got all these ideas that I'm going to do, and then they just never do it. And they just walk away. Uh, the fact that CIG is in constant communication with the backers, weekly communication, um, you know, that plus the, uh, the every patch growing, adding more stuff, fixing uh, previous issues, maybe not to the degree that people want, but still progressing shows a lot of, of commitment that CIG has to the game. And as long as that commitment is there, people will, will, will come back. I think the same thing with Starfield. As long as Bethesda continues to show that they want to support the game, adds bug fixes and patches and helps support modding and all of those things, as long as they continue to progress with that, that 
that they care about Starfield, people will, will like, like they care about Fallout 4 and and uh, and 76 and um, Skyrim, how they support all those games still today, mm-hmm. then people will, will mind. And I think that's action. Action speak louder than words in that kind of situation. Yeah. So the I time do... doesn't matter as much as the action. They got a hype train to keep up now. Bethesda does. Yeah. I I hope that they keep regular communication about the game's development because, um, I mean, we got an interview from Todd Howard last week, which clarified for us how landing will work. I do hope that we keep getting little tidbits of that throughout the next several months before release because that kind of, and, and not only does that help with the hype, it also helps, like you said, keep us informed that they, they want us to know what's going on with the game. They want to make sure that the people who are interested in the game are hearing about it and they're getting the information they need. Um, one, one final thing to really finish off on, I guess, which is sort of what we were just talking about with, with star citizen and making a splash with content and proving that they're doing work with 4.0 coming out next week, but also 318 looking pretty good this year or sorry, next, next year, next year and three Not next week. <laughs> I wish confirmed, confirmed, confirmed 4.0 next week. Oh, very nice. Um, with <laughs> With it coming out next year, though, and 3.18 obviously having a decent amount of content and 3.17.2 even having some surprising additions with with stuff that they've only just recently started working on. When do you feel or do you feel like we're already at a point where they're starting to improve and increase content because they cut down the roadmap, right? We can't see that much that's Mm -hmm. coming in the next year. Um, The patches are still not that big. 3.17 uh, felt like a, a preparatory patch. 318 feels more like something significant. Where do you feel like they are in terms of their ramping up? Do you believe in the fact that they are going to ramp up, that we're going to see stuff start coming out more quickly and and uh, more significant stuff at that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, CIG, there are three major issues that CIG has to, to tackle. Persistent entity streaming, or four, I should say, four major issues. Persistent entity streaming, Gen 12, uh, server meshing and quanta they've already started adding quanta to the game so it already they've already started that process gen 12 has already been worked on we've already started to see some of the major major app, app applications des should be introduced by 318 we've already seen some back-end work for that and server meshing is shortly after that we've started to see that 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 completion and those things are the things that are keeping the other gameplay aspects from adding because there's no point in adding, say, salvage until you can know that the game can support it. One a great example of this is what's in 3.17.2, which is for the longest time, we back in 2019, I want to say, they showed off NPCs exiting a Valkyrie. Right? In, uh, in that trailer? Or that no, 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 no. You mean in the uh, Citizen, Citizen Con demo. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So AIs sitting in a seat in a chair and then getting out of the Valkyrie and walking off down, down the ramp onto you know a location. And they said that they wanted to add that recently. And like last year, they had some plans for adding that for like transportation missions, but that got canned. So it's obvious that they've been that like that's been either done or or close to being done for a bit. But they needed nav mesh to work so that you know when those those AI got off the this this the ship they could wander around and not have to like be in only one place so now that nav mesh is coming in boom instantly with with 317.2 uh evocati they they've showed showed off that or they've been talking about how they want to do reinforcements 
for specific uh, outpost derelict derelict outpost sites for as part of missions like bam right off the bat and that shows you like they have things in the pipe that they've been working on maybe not huge things it's not like they're sitting on bounty hunting v2 it's just they have aspects little little additions to the game that they've been sitting on to wait for other technology to get released so that they can just drop that in and see how it works that doesn't mean that it'll work right away nor does it mean that they're going to like 4.0 releases and suddenly this huge tsunami of content comes out. It just means that that stuff is holding significant, um, significant progress from happening. Right. So yeah, uh, Yeah. that's, that's just it. The, the whole idea that the, the tools, the back end, some, I saw somebody say kind of like the foundational parts of the game. People keep saying that they're finally coming together and for i don't know why but for some reason i've always considered that even when server meshing is done we would still have more of sort of a foundation to do but do you do you feel like this is kind of tightening up or or tying up the last loose ends of that basic foundation of the game engine running star citizen yeah i think that's it i mean dynamic meshing definitely needs to happen but dynamic meshing the difference between static meshing and dynamic meshing is how the those servers are created mm-hmm. and how many servers there are yeah. that's that's it it's it's the fundamental pa- aspect of players in, involved in a mesh of different servers and having to go between those servers and having that seamless transition all of that is the gameplay issue not the what, how do these servers form because they already know like if if by 4.0 they have nailed the transitions properly then three or then 4.1 or 4.2 or 4.7 whenever static or dynamic meshing comes in all the differences for players perspective is just or from the gameplay perspective is just where those boundaries are mm-hmm. not the transitions not the handoff but where those boundaries are so i think that will significantly improve or uh that that is the the last major barrier i think everything else is just improvement uh, improve on the gameplay improve on the performance that sort of thing um which is why i think once 4.0 comes out it won't be too long before we see beta an official beta because oh at boy that point there is no there's no more foundation oh i said the boy. word i said the word beta <laughs> i i didn't say it everybody see i didn't yeah, say it. i did <laughs> lord stradamus uh, i i wouldn't i would wouldn't be surprised if we saw star citizen beta come in 2024 2025 wow just that's because ambitious yeah well, it's just they've always said that beta is not content complete uh, it, or it's not uh, it's feature complete, not content complete. So once they have all the features in, they don't need to have 100 service systems in two years, but they'll have all of the main baseline systems done. Bounty hunting, piracy, reputation, uh, all that stuff will be implemented in some way, shape or form. So there's no reason not to go, hey, this is beta now. Um, I, I don't. I don't even think about the possibility of data running being in the game by then, but I I really hope so. I hope it would be here in the next couple of years because I just keep thinking it's a far ways out. That and like farming. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if that comes out in two years though. But the point being like that a lot of that stuff like farming doesn't make sense until you have base building. You don't want to do base building until you have your back end servers working and Fair. so on and so forth. Like that that kind of progression. So everything needs to, those things need to be get finished before they can even get done. So the question is, when will those get finished? And if 
Chris's ambitious, often wrong dates uh, uh, bear out fruit than than by the beginning of next year. But it's always important to remember that Chris is wrong a lot. (laughs) His dates are not good. So 318 is seems reasonable, but 4.0, he was even iffy in 4.0 coming out, you know, like the the Evocati happening at the end of end of this year. So, you know, I would not bank on it 4.0 until uh, at the earliest, um, uh, like midsummer, like the June or July of next year, possibly not even until the end of next year. Yeah, really depends on a lot of other factors. I'm hoping it's mid next year, but I could see it slipping a little bit further, too. Um, so development in general is you think will indeed speed up with, with 4.0 coming in server meshing, maybe not even 4.0, but a couple patches after, after they know server meshing is working for them and gen 12's in and quantum is starting to actually work. You really feel like the content is going to start to fill in star citizen more after that. Yeah. I think, I think once that stuff, the content will start to fill out instead of having these major 318, three, you know, 4.0 patches. We'll see regular patches, but with a lot more stuff added to them because they can try that. And I don't, I don't think those things will work. But, <laughs> All right. Well, know, they'll, they'll try them. You heard it here. Lordstradamus has spoken. Not only are we going to beta, uh, but the content waterfall is going <laughs> to drop and everybody's yes. going to have the best season of their life. Beta next week. And then there's going to be a, a Jesus patch after that. That's what's going to happen. Yep. Uh, 100% confirmed. Right in line with my 4.0 prediction for next week. We're yes. we're on a we're on a roll with this podcast. This is going to be my most hated episode. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the, the, my, one of my largest captains tables was when you came on, and I I predicted that what was it three twelve was going to be the maze of major patch, and then they gutted three twelve entirely. And moved it to the, <laughs> right, all the, like the week later, all the viewership know. was after they did that. Just coming people coming to yeah. hate watch. <laughs> yeah well it's always it's always up in the air with star citizen but i don't think anybody who is a legitimate space fan or or just like space games can see starfield and not also be excited for just another big time space game coming out especially one with with so much in common uh with star citizen and some of the other games on the market that can help us see more people expand into the genre i'm so excited for the genre right now this is it's going to be good. I mean, did you watch the um, the game shows last week? Yeah, they there was one of those shows. I don't I think it was a summer games fest, maybe or the next showcase or something like that. I wish we just had E3. One of them had like three, maybe four sci fi horror games as well. Um, two mm-hmm. of them took place in space. I'm like, I'm sitting here like, where did this all come from? This is before Starfield is successful. So mm-hmm. I am you also more have Deliver Us Mars, which right. was, uh, which is like, which is, I think is a sequel to Deliver Us the Moon, which is um, hmm. like a third person action game. Like it's like it's Tomb Raider in space is what it is, what they're kind of they're banking on. And it looks good. It looks like an interesting kind of storyline. That sounds like that, good. So. Yeah, it's a good time to be a space fan. Best time to be a space fan. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on to this episode, Astro Pub. We always have some fantastic talks especially when we get to talk about stuff more than just star citizen. Um, but we always, we're always dragged back. It's just, it's good fun to discuss that game. It's never ending in development and in, in talking topics. So (laughs) it was always fun to have a podcast about it, but before you go, 
most people have already found out from this talk you are the lore guy and uh, you cover mm -hmm. space games so considering there are space people in this in this podcast that like lore can you tell them where they might be able to find some content scratch YouTube. that itch youtube.com slash the astropub i do a series called galactic historian i just started uh because people are asking for me to do a playlist for lore for starfield i have three videos out already for the lore for starfield including an overarching discussion on all of the lore for all of the factions and what we know about the universe so far one talking about vasco your companion robot hit their, their lore and background and uh one on constellation which uh you know talking about uh the history and background of the the main faction in the game. I also do content. I've done content for Cyberpunk. I've done comp content for uh, Starfield and uh, Star Citizen as well. Uh, mostly Star Citizen, obviously. But uh, if you like that lore stuff, check that out. Uh, and I also do other uh, stuff. Sometimes uh, Ian will show up on it. Uh, the uh, Lore Citizen podcast that I, that we do. Uh, we have possibly some major news because Algrid is a beast Ooh. uh for that one yeah uh i'm not gonna talk about it because it's still still in still in discussion keep that hush form but yeah. yeah so but 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 keep an eye on for that um so yeah lore citizen podcast we'll see keenan on there where we talk about uh star citizen more in depth in terms of the lore uh and you can also catch us catch me live at twitch.tv slash the astropub playing space games and star citizen and talking about them on thursday friday saturday and sunday and hosting the captain's table his own yeah, his own Captain's podcast, Day. which I need to I need to get back on there. I want to. I love July. that show. We got we have we have a July discussion, which is which is important because remember we talk about not just Star Citizen but other games. Yes, yes, yes. It's oh gosh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but thanks again for coming on. Like he said, go check him out YouTube and Twitch, and of course uh, the podcast that he hosts on all the same platforms that this is on anchor apple mm -hmm. is distributed the same exact way so make sure to check that out uh it's a lot of good content there's never i i'm not a lore guy i will talk about mm. features all day but there's never a lack of content in star citizen and the astropub is a place to go for lore thank you so much again for coming on here and thank you to everybody for watching this whether you're on youtube or you're listening to this on any of our audio platforms which is ad free and supported by our patreon kofi youtube channel members and twitch subscribers thank you so much for that support and if you'd like extra perks free extra or not free i guess but extra exclusive videos behind the scenes check down the link below and uh consider joining up as a supporter either way though do it you'll never, you'll never be you'll never be uh disappointed never except for never. maybe sundays because i'm not super active but Besides that, never. <laughs> but thanks again for listening to the podcast. This has been the launch sequence. I am your host, Keenan. And one last time, thank you, Astropub. We'll see you all next week. Well, thank you for having me on. I'll see you all next week. Astropub will see you on his own channel. Anyways, I'll see you in the verse. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody.